You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Previously, we examined one <coughs> fasting became obligatory for Muslims to observe the fast of the month of Ramadan. And most scholars agree that this was mandated on Muslims in the second year of the Hijrah when the Prophet ﷺ was in Medina. So when the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca, the fast of Ramadan had not been made obligatory for Muslims to observe. This came in Medina in the second year of the Hijrah. One important discussion that surrounds the topic of fasting is the fast of the day of Ashura. We have very important narrations in Sunni books, in Sunni sources that state when the Prophet went to Medina, when he migrated to Medina, he saw the Jews fasting the day of Ashura. So when the Prophet arrived in Medina, he observed that they had this tradition. A very oft-cited report in Bukhari is the following. It's narrated by Ibn Abbas. He says, the Prophet came to Medina. These are the words of Bukhari, in English of course. And saw the Jews fasting on the day of Ashura. He asked them about that. They replied, this is a good day. The day on which Allah rescued Bani Israel from their enemy. So Moses fasted this day. The Prophet said, we have more claim over Moses than you. <coughs> so the Prophet fasted on that day and ordered the Muslims to fast on the day of Ashura. That's one hadith in Bukhari. Another tradition, you'll find Ibn Abbas reporting that when the Messenger of Allah fasted on the day of Ashura and commanded that it should be observed as a fast, his companion said to him, Messenger of Allah, it is a day which the Jews and Christians hold in high esteem. In other words, why are you fasting this day? The Jews practice fasting this day and the Christians, why are you following them? Thereupon the Messenger of Allah said, when the next year comes, God willing, we would observe the, sa the fast of the ninth. They're fasting the tenth, we're gonna fast the ninth. Now that you have brought it to my attention that we're kind of following the Jews and the Christians <coughs> by fasting the tenth, next year I'm gonna change it from the tenth to which day, the ninth, so we don't follow them. But the Messenger of Allah died before the advent of the next year. He passed away and this was not fulfilled. This is in which book? Bukhari. Therefore, we have these traditions that claim it's recommended to fast the day of Ashura. It's a blessed day. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves Prophet Musa and Bani Israel on that day. And Moses used to fast on that day to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Bukhari and Muslim, only, only in these two books, there are about 55 hadiths that talk about the fast of Ashura. So it's very important for us to critique and analyze these hadiths from an academic perspective without being sectarian or getting emotional. Because yes, the day of Ashura 
means a lot for us the followers of Ahlul Bayt. We consider that day to be the most tragic day in the history of humankind after the battle of Karbala. So it's very important to critique these ahadith. Today you will find Muslims around the world celebrating the day of Ashura. It's a day of celebration for a lot of them, especially those who are kind of extreme in their beliefs. The Salafis, it's a day of celebration, you see them. They pass sweets to one another, they congratulate one another. And when you ask them, what's, what's so special about this day? Allah saved Moses on this day. Allah saved the Bani Israel on this day. And subhanAllah, it's very interesting that when we are asked, why do you cry on something that happened 1400 years ago? Okay, big deal. Imam Hussein was killed, why are you still crying and mourning? and uh, you know doing this uh, global outcry of mourning they're celebrating for something that happened I don't know three four thousand years ago it's okay it's perfectly fine it's sunnah but if we're crying over something that happened a thousand three hundred years ago that's bid'ah look at the standard that they use so they really declare this as a day of celebration and unfortunately most of them make no mention of the martyrdom of Imam Hussein It's just this day of celebration and they will refer to these hadiths. Let's critique them academically and every critique that I present I would like to hear if you have any counter argument to present or if you have any points to mention please uh, feel free to do so. The, the title, okay yes, let me change that. So, sallu ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. So, yes, this is the biography of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Yes, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. So, the first critique that we have is that when we analyze the ahadith in Bukhari and Muslim about the fast of Ashura, we see a discrepancy amongst them. That in itself raises doubt about their authenticity. We see tanaqud, discrepancy. How? There are three categories of hadiths. The first category of the hadiths that talk about the fast of Ashura they claim that the Prophet when he came to Medina, he saw the Jews fasting, so he asked them why, they told him because we're honoring the Sunnah of Musa, he told them I'm closer to Musa than you, he's my brother, so I am going to observe it. So these ahadith are indicating that up until that day there was no fast of Ashura, right? The Prophet was 13 years in Mecca after receiving revelation, when he arrives Medina, then he sees them. Now in what month the, does the Prophet arrive Medina? As we mentioned, Rabi' al-Awwal. In the month of Rabi' al-Awwal. Rabi' al-Awwal is what month in the lunar year? It's the third month. Muharram is the first month. Safar is the second month. Rabi' al-Awwal is the third month, right? So the Prophet arrives in Rabi' al-Awwal. When he saw the Jews practicing it on the 10th of Muharram, that's about how many months later? About 10 months later. So in that first year, we see there's a reference to the fast of Ashura. This is the first category of hadiths. The second category of hadiths, which some of them are narrated, are narrated by Aisha, 
She says the fast of Ashura was a Jahili tradition. Even before Islam, the pagans would fast on the day of Ashura. It was a holy day for them. Now we have a discrepancy. Which is it? Was Ashura the fast of it before Islam? So the Prophet and the Muslims were aware of it. Or there was no mention of it until the Prophet arrived in Medina, then he saw the Jews. Which is it? You can't combine between the two. That in itself tells you there's a discrepancy. Yes, sister. So when you say day of Ashura, it's the 10th day of Muharram, right? The 10th day of Muharram. I have a critique about that. I'll get to it. Okay. Yes. Okay. About the meaning of the word Ashura. Okay. But what's understood is that we're talking about the 10th of Muharram. Yes. Ashura is basically the name for the 10th of Muharram. We'll get to that point, that critique. So the second group of ahadith claim in Bukhari and Muslim that this is something Arabs would practice before the religion of Islam. And then it got carried on into the Muslim tradition. The third category of the hadith is the second hadith which I recited for you from Bukhari. It says the Prophet fasted the day of Ashura. So the Muslims came and told him, why are you following the Jews and the Christians? So he said, okay, next year I'm going to change it from 10 to 9. Tasu'a is the 9th of Muharram. But then Ibn Abbas, according to this hadith in Bukhari, what happened the next year? The Prophet passed away. So when this supposedly was said by the Prophet, what year would it have been? Year 10, the last year of the Prophet's life. So the third category of hadith is indicating this whole discussion of the fast of Ashura. When did it surface? The 10th year of the Hijrah. The last year of the Prophet's life. So now we have a discrepancy. Which is it? Year first of the year one of the Hijrah when the Prophet arrived and he saw the Jews. 10 years later, year 10 of the Hijrah. Or as Aisha claims in some of these ahadith, was it before the religion of Islam, it was an Arab custom. Which is it? Can we reconcile these three? Or there's a discrepancy and contradiction. So my critique is that there is a discrepancy and contradiction. This tells you something's not fitting. When did this supposedly happen? When did the Prophet fast Ashura? Before Islam it was customary and Muslims were fasting it too. Was it when he first arrived Medina or was it 10 years later? So it's very clear that there is a contradiction amongst these hadiths. This discrepancy in itself causes us to have doubt about the authenticity of all these hadiths, even if they're in Bukhari and Muslim. There's some, there's something doesn't add up. We have to use logic. Allah has given us intellect. When you see something's not adding up, stop. Don't take it for granted like that. That's our first critique. Any ideas on this critique? Let's, yes brother. Yeah, to me it's so obvious that this is a, an unknowing conspiracy to cover up for. Yes, we'll present this analysis later. Where did this come from? Yes brother. The best that I can come out with this is they fast once every 10 years. <laughs> the Jews fast once every 10 years? If we're going to try to, you know, do some mental gymnastics and take every single one of these. But what about the hadith of Aisha that, this, this, that says this was a custom amongst Arabs before Islam? in pre-Islamic uh, Jahiliyyah. 
then that's something that we can't reconcile. So when the Prophet was in Medina, when he arrived that first year, when he fasted Ashura, how come the Muslims didn't tell him, why are you following the Jews and Christians? What, took them 10 years to kind of figure that out? So it's very unlikely that this is authentic. So that's the first critique. The second critique about the fast of Ashura, if we look at the age of the narrators who narrate these ahadith, we have a problem in the science of hadith. <coughs> nearly, nearly all of the narrators who've narrated these hadiths that I shared with you were either boys at the age of four when they supposedly saw this or they were not present in Medina when all of this happened. Ibn Abbas, when was he born? Ibn Abbas was born three years before Hijrah. So when the Prophet supposedly arrived Medina and he saw the Jews fasting, how old was Ibn Abbas? Four years old. He was born three years before Hijrah. So you're one of the Hijrah, which is that next Muharram after Rabi' when the Prophet arrived. He must have been four. And Ibn Abbas is not narrating this from anyone. He's directly stating when the Prophet arrived Medina, he saw the Jews fasting that day. And then he narrates the following hadith. In the science of hadith, the hadith of a four-year-old kid is not accepted. What does a four-year-old kid know how to decipher what the Prophet did, his exchanges with the um, Jews and the Christians? In the science of hadith, even if the boy is a bright boy, his hadith is not considered a sahih hadith. So how are the Sunnis relying on the hadith of Ibn Abbas when he was a four-year-old? How? That's one critique. So we have Ibn Abbas, another person who was also no more than four years old. We have, for example, Ibn Az-Zubayr. Ibn Az-Zubayr was also a young boy. He is one of the narrators of this hadith or they have attributed the hadith to him. He was also a young boy. How could he have narrated this? Another source for this hadith is Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, if you've heard of him. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari narrates this whole fast of Ashura as well. When did Abu Musa al-Ash'ari become Muslim? Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, you find that he was originally from Yemen. He was never present in Medina except until the seventh year of the Hijrah after the battle of Khaybar. After the battle of Khaybar, we find him that the Prophet we find uh, uh, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari being present in Medina. He became Muslim before that. But where was he all this time? In Yemen. What was he doing there? preaching to his tribe because he's originally from Yemen. The Prophet ﷺ told him, go and preach Islam in Yemen. He was nowhere to be seen in Medina until the seventh year of the Hijrah. How could he have narrated when the Prophet arrived in Medina, we saw him uh, communicate with the Jews and X happened. Another narrator is Muawiyah bin Abu Sufyan. <laughs> Muawiyah, when did he become apparently Muslim? Never. Year eight. Yeah, he never really became Muslim, but at least from the outside, he did appear to embrace Islam. But when did that happen? After Fatah Makkah. What year was that? Eight. Eight. 
So all these eight years, Muawiyah was not in Medina, he was not a Muslim to witness these events. We don't have a single reliable narrator who was actually there in year one of the Hijrah in Medina to narrate this. What does this tell you about this hadith? Something's not right. Either boys are narrating it or people who were not even present there. These are signs of forgery. Clear signs of forgery. One source also goes back to Abu Huraira. When did Abu Huraira show up? The last two, three years of the Prophet's life. After battle of Khaybar, Abu Huraira also showed up in Medina and he came and supposedly became Muslim after the seventh year. How could he have witnessed this event on the first year of the Hijrah? And remember, they're not citing a source. It's not like Abu Huraira is saying, this companion who was there told me. Or the Prophet told me that this happened. That's not how they're wording it. They're just saying, this is what happened. What's their sources? This is a broken chain. So from a science of hadith perspective, these ahadith are not valid. That's the second critique that we have. The third critique, since when does the Prophet of Allah, who's connected to Revelation and Jibra'il, need to take religious matters from the Jews? If fasting the day of Ashura is a recommended fast in Islam, yani Jibreel is going to withhold that from the Prophet and he's going to push him to go and ask the Jews. Since one, show us one precedent in history where the Prophet learns a religious ruling from the people of the book, from the Jews or the Christians. Show me one precedent. Never happened. The Prophet is the seal of Prophets. He's connected to Revelation and Wahy. If there's anything in Islamic law, that's halal or haram or mustahab or makruh. Jibreel is going to explain it to him and he would explain it to us. Why does he need to go and ask the Jews and they need to notify him that Musa would practice this and he says, okay, let me do that as well. Since when? We don't have a precedent like that. The Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not do something like that. That's the third critique. The fourth critique, if we go and examine Jewish history and Jewish calendar, they never had such a fast. The Jews at the time who, will, who were in Medina never fasted that day which coincided with Ashura. So for example, we see that currently celebrate, uh, currently Jews celebrate the event of Passover. Okay, the event of Passover which is observed by Jews in fasting, it falls on the 15th of the Jewish month Nisan on the 15th of the Jewish month Nisan. That's the first month of the Jewish year. The first month of the Jewish year starts with Nisan. They fast on the 15th for Passover. If we quickly do a date conversion to see if this ever coincided with Ashura, we find that the 10th of Muharram, year 2 of Hijrah, because the Prophet arrives when? <coughs> Rabi' al-Awwal. He saw the Jews fasting on Ashura, the 10th of Muharram, that's like 10 months later. So when the Prophet supposedly had this exchange with the Jews, it was 10th of Muharram, year 2 of the Hijrah, because the Muslim calendar starts with Muharram. So that's year 2 of the Hijrah. If we do a, a quick date conversion, that will coincide with the 11th of Av which is the fifth Jewish month, not the 15th of Nisan, which is the first month. So even doing a conversion of calendars demonstrates that there was no event on that day. 
Ashura and the second year of the Hijrah. And ask Jews today, did you ever have such a fast in your history? They do fast. They do fast for forgiveness, for example. But that day which God saved Musa and Bani Israel, which coincides with the 10th of Muharram, they don't have such a day. So these are all indications this is probably forged. <coughs> we don't find any evidence in Jewish calendar that they had such a day and they were so adamant to fast on that day. So this is the fourth critique. The fifth critique, and you made a reference to that, one of the brothers made a reference to that, you made a reference to that, Ashura. What is the meaning of Ashura in Arabic? Tenth. Tenth, Tenth of what? Tenth of what? If you just say Ashura, tenth of what? The tenth of any month. Before Islam, we have evidence for this. Before Islam, in fact, before the martyrdom of Imam Hussein, when you would say Ashura, Ashura was the tenth of any month. Look at dictionaries, uh, for example, Ibn al Athir, he also mentions this. He says Ashura has an old meaning and a new meaning. The old meaning, which was amongst Arabs in pre-Islamic times, meant the 10th of any month. Ashura can be the 10th of any month. <coughs> he says the new meaning surfaced when Imam Hussein was martyred. Then the new meaning surfaced and Ashura became known as the 10th of Muharram only. Today when you say Ashura, it's not the 10th of any month, it's the 10th of Muharram. Go back to those hadiths in Bukhari. When the Prophet saw the Jews fasting Ashura and he told Muslims fast on Ashura. In these sources in Bukhari and Muslim, the word just says Ashura, it doesn't say Ashura of Muharram. At the time of the Prophet when you would say Ashura, how were the people to know this is the 10th of Muharram? How would you know that? Because the Ashura meant the 10th of any month. Later it became to be known as the 10th of Muharram. But before that it was the 10th of any month. So based on this critique, it seems that these ahadith were forged after the martyrdom of Imam Hussein When Ashura became linked with the 10th day of Muharram and everyone recognized that. Then those who forged the hadith, it seems this slipped from their mind. So they just said Ashura, assuming that Ashura is the 10th of Muharram, when it, when, when it was not. At the time of the Prophet in, in Arab pre-Islamic times, Ashura was the 10th of any month. All of these are signs of forgery. And the real reason was that Bani Umayyah, when they martyred Al-Imam Al-Hussein they wanted to divert the Muslim Ummah away from the significance of that day. They wanted to divert our attention. So they declared it a day of celebration, a day of Eid, fast on this day, it's an important day. They actually thanked Allah for enabling them to kill Imam Hussein. Yes. The hadith says, to Imam Hussein in Karbala, 30,000 people showed up to kill him. Every one of them is seeking closeness to God by killing Imam Hussein. Just like ISIS. ISIS, don't they pray? Don't they read Quran? Better than uh, most of us can recite Quran. And when they kill, they actually 
feel that if they're serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once one of them, once one of them, uh, an Iraqi minister once told my father, one of, one of them was found at the shrine of Imam Ali salam in Najaf. Basically, the one who, those people in charge of the shrine, they saw someone enter. Now normally the Shia who enter the shrine, they stand and they recite the what in front of the grave of the Imam, in front of the Dariq, the Ziyarah, they recite the Ziyarah. This guy came and entered, he took the Quran and he started reading the Quran. Now yes, people do read the Quran in the Haram of the Imam, but after the Ziyarah, they sit, they supplicate, they read Quran. You don't stand in front of the Dariq and recite the Quran. So this alarmed them, they're like, wait a minute, this, is, this looks suspicious. This guy's coming in, it seems that he doesn't know what he's doing, he's just reading Quran there. So they went and asked him a few questions, searched him, they realized he was strapped with a suicide vest, with suicide bombs. And anyways, they captured him, they took him outside of the shrine and they started to uh, take away the vest from him and uh, you know to, what do you call it, undoing the bomb? Diffuse, Diffuse the bomb. He says there was a commotion, a lot of people came, they asked who is this, oh you wanted to kill innocent people, so people as they're passing by they started to kick him, kick him, punch him, they were angry that he was about to kill them, he started crying. The chief of the police told him, ah now you cry like a baby, you're about to kill innocent people and children, now you got a few kicks, you started crying, he said no, that's not why I'm crying, it's like then why were you crying? He says, I was fasting today and I was waiting any minute to break my fast with <coughs> Rasulullah <laughs> And now you've taken away this honor from me. What did he say? He says, I was fasting and I was waiting by the minute to break my fast with the Prophet. <laughs> and, you, and you took away this honor from me. And he was crying when he said that. These are the killers of Imam Hussein Look at how they've deviated, look at how they've deviated to this point. Just like the Khawarij who fought Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib So we find that Bani Umayyah celebrated that day, they actually celebrated that day and they declared it a holy day, today is the day God saved prophets, God did this, God did that. So you people fast and rejoice and celebrate and thank Allah. Thank Allah for what? For killing Imam Hussein So this was forged by the Bani Umayyah. Therefore, we are very critical it, of all of these ahadith. Is it to forget about Imam Hussein? Yes, so we forget about Imam Hussein. And so the day of Ashura is not a sad day. It's a day of celebration. So we, over time, would forget about the tragic day of Ashura. One final point about the fast of Ashura, there are hadiths in our books about it too. So what do we say about that? In our books we have two categories of hadiths. There are those hadiths that prohibit us from fasting on Ashura. Yes, if you want to fast, because fasting is a ibadah, it's possible. It's makruh, it's unrecommended. Fasting to celebrate is haram, of course, on the day of Ashura. So you can fast if you want to fast on the day of Ashura. It's makruh. It's discouraged, and we have a hadith from the Ahlul Bayt that tell us do not fast the day of Ashura. On the other hand, we do have hadiths which say it's mustahab to fast on the day of Ashura. So how do we reconcile that? Scholars 
scholars have a number of opinions. Some of them say we've examined those ahadith which say that you should fast. They're all weak hadiths. Some of, they, some of them say they were issued in taqiyya. Bani Umayyah were so fierce about this fast of Ashura such that if they would see someone breaking their fast on that day, they knew this person was probably a follower of the Ahlul Bayt, they would persecute him and kill him. So the Imams may be to save the lives of the Shia, if assuming these ahadith are correct, they told them to fast that day, but not by not making the niyyah of fasting, just not eating, not drinking, acting like you're fasting, so that you wouldn't be killed by the Bani Umayyah. So this is one analysis that our scholars have presented. So yes, we do have some of these ahadith in our book uh, to some extent, but our scholars throughout history have not accepted their validity. To thank Allah for killing Imam Hussein. Yes, we just mentioned that, that they, this was a day of, of their celebration. Oh Allah, thank you for allowing us to kill Hussein. We're gonna fast to thank you for that. This is how vicious they were to this point. So this is the discussion on the fast of Ashura. Any final questions about this uh, fast of Ashura? They used to tell in the, the battle of Karbala, Yes, they wanted to get rid of the entire members of Ahl al-Bayt. But Allah has His plan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has His plan. Now notice, we have many days that are recommended to fast. The day of the Mab'ath, 27th of Rajab, Sunni and Shia believe it's recommended. Do you hear them even talking about it? The only fast other than Ramadan that they talk about is Ashura, Ashura, Ashura. Why? It's politicized. There is clearly a political engine behind it to keep people away from the Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them. Because they know that Ashura is the driving force behind the truth. If the people realize what happened on the day of Ashura, this will change their nations and they don't want that to happen. So there are many, many days that are mustahab to fast. How come their speakers and reciters only focus on the fast of Ashura when Muharram comes? How come you don't see the global reaction to the 7th, 27th of Rajab, the Mab'ath of the Prophet or some other mustahab days in Sha'ban and Rajab? You don't find that. This tells us that this is politicized. Like, um, well, I was living in Lebanon, Sundays would all be fasting on Yom Al-Fabah and they'd hand out, you know, sweets and stuff like that. But you know, they don't say it on TV. Why not? That, yeah, I understand your point. They do fast, like I said, it's in their books, it's mustahab. Yeah. Historically, they have observed it. But how come you see their media machine not focusing on it? Why? Yeah, I understand your point, but I There's a political factor. No, they do. I'm not saying that they don't fast it. A lot of them fast it, they observe it. But you don't see this emphasis on it from their uh, religious figures. The way they emphasize on the fast of Ashura. This tells you that there's a reason. Otherwise a fast is a fast. Mustahab, mustahab. <coughs> Why use your entire global media to focus on one and the other one not that much. Tells you there is a political factor behind it. And the only thing we can conceive of is that it's a cover up for the martyrdom of Imam Hussein alayhi Okay, I just have, um, I would like a clarification in regards to basically how you're saying in regards to all the battle of Karbala and so on. We just don't want a mix up with moderate sunnah and others that are extreme because when I hear it as a Shia person, it makes me think, oh, we're implying all of this to all sunnah, but it's not all sunnah that do believe in that. 
I mean, there's Salafis that are definitely, you know... Yes, I did mention this is mainly emphasized by the Salafis. Okay. Mainstream Sunnis do believe in the fast of Ashura. Yes. On no, 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 no. This is this is an academic discussion. It's not to spread any hate. No, no, of course. But it is in their books. It is in their books, and they do believe, for the most part, that it is a holy day. Yes, there are millions of them who, on the day of Ashura, will mourn on the day of Ashura. They will show their sympathy and condolences for what happened to Imam Hussein. But our uh, position is that any Muslim who celebrates the day of Ashura and completely ignores what happened to Imam Hussein, that's betraying the Prophet Not everyone who, not every Sunni does that. There are a lot of Sunnis who really have the love for the Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them. So our critique was from an academic perspective, examining these ahadith and those extremists who really focus on this day as a day of celebration. Basically, we were addressing mainly that group of people. Sayyid, yes. uh, I think it's unjust to just say it's Salafi because we know West Africa, Morocco, as you see it's modern today, you can watch uh, Moroccan TV, they have a celebration of... They celebrate that. Yeah. So it's not just Wahhabis. Many of them have been misguided. Because West Africa was the remnant of the Amawis. Of the Amawi Umayyad Empire, yes. Went to uh, Spain. So that's their center and the, and the, the Amawi centers celebrated. Wahhabis is a recent event. So we can't concentrate on the only Wahhabis. Is it like your... they, they have it too? It's True. It's, it's, it's widely practiced. Yes, in his, in his sermon, yes. Yeah. So in any case, our position is that the day of Ashura is a day of mourning. The very grandson of the Prophet, all Sunnis accept that Sayyid Shabab Ahlil Jannah is who? Imam Hassan and Hussein. It's in their books. Sayyid Shabab, the masters of the youth of paradise. And everyone who goes to paradise is what? A youth. So they're, ma they're the masters of everyone in paradise. How can you celebrate the day the master of the paradise you're trying to get in was killed? How? This is... What do you say about this? Many of them are ignorant. They've been brainwashed, they don't know. But some of them, their scholars do know. They know the real reason why this was covered. 